You are now listening to What the Hell, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 55 of What the Health. I'm your host, Lena Lahire, and today I'm joined by special guest, Courtney Bursage. Courtney is an AADP board-certified health coach and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner who is obsessed with knowing the body and finding the best ways to beat disease to live the best life possible. After having her two girls, she found herself burnt out and tired of the modern-day approach to healthcare and the limiting mindset of diet culture. She began a personal quest to learn and help educate as many people as possible on ways to improve their lives. She started Organic Blondie LLC in 2017 as a health coaching business to help individuals discover their best health potential. I am thrilled to have her on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This will be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned in the bio about how you felt burnt out after having your two girls, but I'd love to know more about your health journey and how you ended up where you are now. Well, (laughs) it's it's like a can of worms. Uh, But, you know, honestly, my story is probably not unlike a lot of your listeners where, you know, when you're young, health is generally on your side because you have youth on your side Mm -hmm. and you have a higher level and, and tolerance for different stressors. And to be honest, like I was just thinking about it this morning. It's funny the way that our progression is as we grow older, you know, when we're younger, we don't have that many responsibilities. We don't have a lot of the financial burden and, and stress that comes around just our overall livelihood and and being provided for, you know, we just have to go to school and make sure that we're eating the food that our parents pack for us. Most of the time, I know that's not everybody's story and not everybody's granted, you know, those, um, provisions growing up, but generally speaking, you know, we don't have that many stressors. And as we grow older, we just kind of start to pile things on and we never take anything off our plate. And that's kind of where I feel like my health really started to become more compromised because I, you know, had set certain standards and um, expectations for myself that I would be able to work and I would be able to have kids and be married and exercise and do all of these things. And I realized really quickly that, you know, I just couldn't manage everything. And honestly, the more I felt like I was losing control, the more I pushed the throttle down and really ultimately started sacrificing my own health. Like I was making the problem worse. I was getting in the way of my own ability to heal. So, you know, I was chasing a lot of things. And at the time I really didn't know that much. Like I knew very minimal amounts of, you know, real, like how to use nutrition to really support your body. I mean, I was just, I just assumed if you weren't eating fast food, that you were eating healthy, you know, and if you were going to the gym and and you were working out and sweating, then, you know, you could check that box. You were exercising and you were trying to be, you know, healthy and fit. Um, but a lot of my habits really were not 
that healthy. Like looking back in hindsight, honestly, I just didn't know any better. And then you start adding in pregnancies, having kids. Now you don't have normal sleep patterns. So your sleep is compromised and you're kind of brain fog during the day and you start getting really frustrated. And, and so your digestion suffers and gain a little bit of weight and, and start feeling insecure. And then you just start grasping at straws. Oh, sorry. That's my dog. <laughs> um, so you know, it just, it it kind of evolved. And honestly, it wasn't, it was after I had my first daughter and it was like several months after that. And I realized I have got, I got to figure something out. Like I can't keep doing things the way that I'm doing them because I'm doing them as hard as I can and I'm getting worse results. Mm -hmm. So that's really when I took a, a step back and I quit my job, stayed home with our daughter and kind of dove headfirst into everything that had to do with alternative wellness and nutrition. And I have a tendency to be a little bit of an obsessive person. So I just went like all in on it and I started helping family and friends. And just from there, it kind of transpired into a business, but I was really able to see how making decisions in our own home could influence the outcomes of how I was feeling and how I could provide and take care of our daughter and, and for our family. So that was a really cool kind of life lesson and experience because I did feel like I was in the shoes of so many of the clients I was working with. They were all moms just like me and they were struggling just like me. So I think that that really helped me you know, get that perspective to be able to say, I know what that feels like. And here are some tangible things you can do to really start to shift the trajectory of the way your body's responding. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. You know, it's, it's kind of like we teach what we need to learn, isn't it? It's so it really is. And I think that's what makes, you know, this field so fun because there's so much passion behind the people that are in it because they know what it feels like to fail and and to feel like helpless, you know, to a degree, you just, Mm -hmm. you feel like you have no options and your backs Mm -hmm. against the wall. And when you know, those pains, like you really wrestle with it, like you can empathize with everybody else. And you, you kind of hit those pain points in them because you relate, you know, it, it it touches you on a very personal level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you talk, um, quite a bit about fatigue and I would like to talk more about fatigue because, you know, I think people get, get confused with thinking, well, I have to, you know, work 50 hours a week to feel fatigued, but there's so many things that can contribute to fatigue. Can you explain what fatigue is and, and how do we address that? Yes, this it's funny. I, I pulled, um, Instagram it was several weeks ago, but I just asked like, what's the one thing if somebody said that they could take away the one thing that bothers you the most, like it just interferes with you being able to do the things you want to do and enjoy your life the most, what would that one thing be? And I would say 90% of the responses was fatigue or just lack of energy. So it's something that affects a large amount of people. And it probably is one probably like the single biggest area that slips through the cracks or that gets written off by most doctors because they don't really have an answer. Like conventional medicine doesn't have an answer for fatigue. It's like, well, you know, I would take some stimulants, you know, do some caffeine, you know, try to get more sleep at night, but never really understanding why the body is slowing down. Mm -hmm. And that's really what fatigue is. If you think about it, it's a protective mechanism 
of the body. And our bodies are so incredibly smart and they're so refined that the brain can assess when things, things have gotten too stressful. Our internal environment is so out of whack. Like the homeostasis is just not there. It can't regulate well. So what does the body do to protect you? It starts to slow everything down. So you don't have the energy because you, your brain realizes that if you continue to do all of the things you're doing, if you keep running around exercising and working and having to put in all this, you know, mental and emotional energy into things that you are literally damaging your body. It's catabolic. It's breaking you down. So Mm -hmm. your body says no more, and it won't allow you to produce cortisol. It won't allow you to produce hormones that make you feel good. that give you energy. And that's where some of that brain fog can come into play as well, because your body wants you to stop. It really wants you to recognize that you are in chronic patterns of breakdown and it needs you to break the cycle so that you can begin rebuilding and repairing. So we see this a lot of times with people that are in that constant fight or flight. So it's that sympathetic dominant um, area of your nervous system and people just stay on all the time. They get up and I mean, they hit the coffee and they hit the road and they're on all day and their body doesn't ever get a break. So Fatigue is a symptom of kind of an internal environment of your body. And if you are experiencing that constantly day in and day out, you've got to realize that your body is absolutely tapped out. Like you, you've hit the bottom of the barrel and your body's at, instead of trying to, you know, whip a dead horse by stimulating with more caffeine and thinking, I'll just take some of the adaptogens. That's another thing that a lot of, even like you know, people in the holistic space and nutritionists, like adaptogens are great, but if you're not addressing why you're so tired, why you don't have a good response to stress in the first place, you can't just out supplement the symptom. You've got to address the fact that your body wants you to slow down so it can heal. And you've got to create margin in your life to do that. And then I think adaptogens have a great place. I think a little bit of caffeine is okay, but for people that are really compromised that have poor adrenal output. So that's the stress response system of your body. Caffeine is fuel to the fire. Like you have to stay away from it. Doesn't mean you have to write it off forever. So all my coffee loving friends don't have a heart attack and already (laughs) write me off. I love coffee too. I really do. There are great coffee alternatives and teas and things like that, that are, are great, but you've just got to understand you've got to nourish your body. You've got to be so delicate and allow your body some space to do that regenerative work so that it can get above water. I mean, you just Mm -hmm. picture yourself like treading water just for hours. I mean, you just can't, at some point you're like literally starting to drown and your body just needs you to stop treading water and to just start rebuilding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really love how you said you have to be delicate with your body because when you are in that state, you know, someone like you, and I can definitely relate to your story. Someone like me, is just like, just push harder, just right. Like dig deeper. And that's kind of the last thing that we need, but we're, I don't know. We're not really in a society where we're kind of taught to be gentle with ourselves in that respect. And it's always more. Exactly. You're right. It, it honestly, I mean, more is always better in the way that we paint 
the picture of our lives. You know, it's, it's always, well, you'll get better results. If you work out harder, you'll make Mm -hmm. more money. If you work harder, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these things, like it, 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 the equation doesn't work that way. Our bodies are so dynamic and they're so sophisticated. They're way smarter than we give them credit for most of the time. And it's just so important to realize that, you know, fatigue is just one of the many symptoms and signs that our body is trying to communicate with us, that things are just not right. They're not in balance. And when you don't have balance in your body, you leave the door wide open for disease and for other things to come creep in and really take root and start dismantling other processes that are so, so important. So I I feel like it's, you know, it's so general. It's just like, well, I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think um, my husband said like on my tombstone, it'll be like, Courtney, she was tired. <laughs> I really went through a phase and it really wasn't that long ago. Like we're talking in the last 12 months where I probably got up every day and said, I'm so tired. And yeah. I didn't even realize it. It was just this constant. I felt like I was spinning my wheels and I was doing so much and I just wasn't even getting a lot of traction in my life. So I can really, really relate to you and probably to your audience in the, in the aspect that we're just doers. We are people in a society of doing things. And we have this mental block that if we are not always busy, then we are not productive. And that's not true. You know, you can be very, very productive in healing by not doing anything, but that's really hard for most people. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of these main things that you see with clients that you've seen in yourself that have contributed to fatigue? So I would say, you know, one of the the biggest or most common ones that I see is over-exercise. And for a lot of women, you know, we just, I think social media has probably been the worst influence in making women feel guilty if they're not in the gym. And I do this too. I mean, I'll post if I'm in the gym or doing yoga or whatever, but you know, we feel like, Oh gosh, you know, so-and-so is on top of their game. They made it to the gym already. And like, I haven't even gotten dressed yet. And so we feel the need to check that box every day, but in reality, we don't need to exercise and work out every day. Our body doesn't just sit on this 24 hour clock, you know, all the time. And once, you know, you've done a workout one day by the next day, that workout has no influence on your life whatsoever. Like you might be repairing and rebuilding and recovering for days after a workout, depending on what you did. Doesn't mean that like you reset the next day. And well, it's either I successfully completed a workout and checked that box, or I, you know, kind of missed the boat on it. Um, so I think over-exercise is really I just see it so often for women and they're putting themselves through really, really intense workouts. I did it for years and I will say, I mean, it single-handedly dismantled my hormones and it took years to years to recover. Uh, so, and it can have an influence on your gut, um, you know, and everything has an influence on your gut, but it can definitely create constant stress in the body, chronic inflammation that can drive leaky gut can impact your brain. You know, I mean, we see people that have cognitive, um, or depression, just any type of mood disorder, but a lot of it comes from the gut being inflamed all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you're a a female or, or anybody that's listening and you're working out all the time and you're like, I'm just not seeing results. I would say, stop, just 
give yourself a couple weeks and see what happens. Because you might honestly be shocked to realize that by taking a step back from all of your exercise routine, you'll lose weight purely from reducing inflammation in your body. So if you're doing it and you think that the answer is doing it harder will get you results like, oh, I just have to, as I get older, I just have to work out longer and harder every single year to override the process of me aging. Like that, that's not, that, that should not be the mentality, but it kind of is. Mm -hmm. So I would say if, if you are somebody that is so rigid and hell bent on getting in the gym all the time, and you're just like, I feel stressed out. I can't sleep. I'm not losing weight. I I feel like I have cravings all the time. Step back, give yourself a couple weeks. Doesn't mean you have to stop moving. I think passive movement is very important, especially for um, detoxification and lymphatic drainage but you could go for walks. You could do some yoga and stretching light stuff in your house, but you don't have to rush off to the gym and start slinging kettlebells. Mm -hmm. So I would say that that's probably the first thing to evaluate, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of stress. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, um, that was such a huge part of my healing journey. I, uh, I have a history of an eating disorder, but then I went into obsessive and compulsive exercise And like you, I would say it's probably the single most thing that just damaged me. And to be honest, I'm still recovering hormonally from it. And it's been like three years since I stopped really intensely exercising. Wow. It takes a long time. I mean, honestly, mine took about eight years. I'm not trying to. Wow. Wow. Well, that's good. It makes me feel a bit. I know. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I, I honestly, I understand. I, you and I are very much wired the same way. I was very obsessive. I was in the gym six days a week. I would have major guilt if I wasn't there. And I was obsessed with counting macros and just food prep. I mean, I was zero fun (laughs) for a long time because I was a control freak and I couldn't let anything go. And then I I honestly got to a point, my health was so bad. Like I work way too hard to be this miserable. Yeah. So yeah, I I completely understand where you're coming from. Mm. What if someone listening is like, I don't exercise at all and I'm still fatigued. What you know, what are some of the common culprits in, in the average person who doesn't exercise? Yes. Okay. So, you know, toxic burden, toxic load is really, really important to evaluate. And I think that this one can be a little hairy to kind of unpack because there's so many influences of chemicals and pollutants that creep into our lives. And we're kind of unaware of them a lot of times. Like there's obvious ones. And then there's ones that we wouldn't suspect that are there. And the problem is that they have this this ability to accumulate in the body. So it's not that it's just one small exposure. It's all of these exposures that start to build and layer over time. And we have these great detoxification systems. We've got our liver and our kidneys and our, our lymphatic system, but they, there comes a point where that load gets so much and things really start to tip over. It's like a bucket that just fills to the brim and then things start to spill over. And so now we've just got too much toxicity in the body and it's starting to get backed up. And so the body has to do something with all of that. So it stores it in fat cells and other tissues and things like that to get it away from all your organs to safely protect you. So that's a safety 
mechanism that's great. But a lot of times people would just say, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just older and I'm just gaining weight. When in reality, like you've got a toxin problem, you've got some toxicity that's built up. And I'm telling you, it can start when you're younger and having fillings and dental work done. Or, you know, if you're like me, I had breast implants at one point, that was a huge toxic burden. And, you know, I suffered a lot of different symptoms and gut infections as a result. And I had, I explanted a, a couple of years ago. So I've had to do some really heavy detox work, but even things that are in our homes, you know, we have off gassing of paints and chemicals on all of our furniture and from our mattresses. Um, mold toxicity can be really, really big. So looking at your environment, you know, if you've moved into a house, start kind of thinking and correlating symptoms and timelines, because sometimes these things will reveal themselves. If you can start to put things together, you know, if you moved and you thought, gosh, I was, I was really fine until I moved into this apartment and a cut within, you know, a couple of months, I really, my skin started flaring and I was having insomnia and waking all of these things. I would be willing to bet you've got some kind of environmental exposure to, you know, mold spores that can make you very, very sick. I've worked with a number of clients where that was the case and they just couldn't figure it out. And all of a sudden I said, you know, have you ever thought to look at mold toxicity? And they're like, no. And the second that, you know, we kind of uncovered that stone, it was like, wow. I mean, no wonder you can't heal. You can't, you can't detoxify and, and clean your body out because, you're breathing constant toxicity. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially after like all of these lockdowns, I really started to see it because people were in their homes like 24 seven, as opposed to like, you know, just at night, which is a really important time to be (laughs) detoxing, but still people were getting outside a little bit more and away from their homes. Um, but there's, you know, there's mold everywhere. It's in workplaces, it's in gyms. It's, you know, it it can, I think the estimation is like 50% of establishments have a mold problem. Wow. But that's something, you know, to consider and, and look into. Um, and then, you know, just the common offenders, like the stuff that shows up on our food, herbicides and pesticides. Um, I live on a golf course and, or in a golf course community, we're not on the golf course, but I like almost just die every time I see these trucks, Mm -hmm. just spraying stuff out all over the golf course, because even though I'm not like on the golf course itself, we have constant, we live in the low country. So when it rains, I mean, it's flat, that water just pulls up everywhere. And I'm like, I know that that stuff's getting in our yard where our kids play, where our dogs are running around, they're bringing it into the home. So, you know, glyphosate, all of these different toxins. So there's a number of things and I don't want to overwhelm anybody because I know, I know how it feels to just think like our entire world is one giant polluted planet that we can't escape. And that, that is the truth. Honestly, we can't escape it. These things are inevitable and we are going to have exposures to them, but we can control the things that we can control. So we can control the food that we're buying, you know, making sure that you're really sourcing good produce. And even, you know, if you're doing animal products, like find out where they're coming from. Are you buying things that are organic? Are you buying things that are, are farmed responsibly? Like that will make an impact. Cause those are things you're, you are willingly ingesting the mm-hmm. stuff you're breathing, not all the time, you know, can you filter all of those pollutants out, but you can offset your toxic load by making choices in the areas and the categories that you actually have control over. So it's a little bit of a process, you know, you don't have to do it all overnight, but getting a good water filter is a great place to start. 
you know, obviously buying fruits and vegetables, meats, things like that, that are sourced, you know, really, really well, um, is another area using products in your home that are non-toxic beauty products, you know, things you're bathing in things you're putting on your kids, um, your dishwashing detergent, all of these things. I mean, these are all choices you can vote with your dollar. So Mm -hmm. spend a little extra time to find the areas that you can kind of upgrade a little bit. And then everything else, you know, don't stress about it. Like stress drives disease. So so I tell people, this is the world we live in. We need to do a better job of being responsible and taking care of the earth. But we also have to realize that we can't make it perfect. And there are things outside of our control. So optimizing detoxification, you know, sweating every day, um, or trying to sweat as much as possible, making sure you're having bowel movements every single day. Um, that's really important. A good sign of detoxification, healthy detoxification, um, and then having clean water and clean food. So those are like the big categories that I feel like we have the biggest control over. Mm -hmm. Is there any supplements that you love for detoxification specifically? Yeah. So there are, gosh, there's so many, (laughs) I am a total supplement nerd. I just have so many and I don't take them all, but at the same time, uh, but I, I do love finding herbals and botanicals and things that can help upregulate detoxification. They can upregulate our antioxidant status and, and neutralizing free radicals. So there are, you know, a few that I feel like can be very, very helpful. Again, I think the first thing is removing, removing the the toxic burden and the things that are in your environment that you have control over. That's the first thing. Supplementation, obviously antioxidants are great. So things like glutathione and acetylcysteine um, is a precursor to glutathione. That one's great. Um, Vitamin C is really, really good. So, you know, I, I personally, you know, these are things that I pulse in when I feel like I have a higher exposure. So if I'm traveling on airplanes, everything is covered in sanitizing spray, which drives me crazy. So there's just chemicals everywhere. So when I travel or when I'm not in my own home where I've got control over, you know, generally good control over, you know, what we're using in our home, um, I will always take with me binders and I'll take antioxidants like glutathione and vitamin C. And I'll take those the whole time, take them a little bit before I leave like a day or two before, and then take them like through the time that I'm traveling. And that's really helpful. So you can use charcoal binders, um, humic and fulvic acid are really good. There's a number of different products that are out there. I actually have a supplement line called plant RX, and we have a number of great products on there. Some of them are my formulations and some of them are other businesses that I feel like have incredible formulations, um, that, I don't need to recreate because I think theirs are great. So we sell them on our website as well, but those are really helpful. So taking some of those binders at night can be oftentimes be helpful too in grabbing, um, toxicity in the gut. So if you're traveling, right, you're normally not making food at home. So, or making food in wherever you're staying, you're eating out a lot. And a lot of times there's refined oils and just food that, you know, it's just not, greatest quality. So I find that using binders too, during those windows of time where you're traveling can be really helpful and kind of picking up some of the toxins and things that, you know, kind of show up on our plate. 
Mm, mm. Yeah, that's really great advice. Um, I never asked you about fatigue, but are there some go-to supplements that you use for energy and, and fatigue specifically? So, you know, I used to recommend adaptogens and I, I used to recommend herbals like chamomile and valerian and skullcap. And I still do. But what I found when it comes to fatigue is that it's generally, there's a, a big component that has to do with minerals because when you are stressed, whether it's any stress, emotional, physical, um, toxic burden, what, whatever, probably a combination of all the above your adrenals burn through minerals, like at warp speed. So things like magnesium and I mean, or even just, if you just look at the primary minerals, magnesium, calcium, sodium, potassium, you will burn through minerals so quickly when you're stressed. So what I found to be really helpful is doing things like adrenal cocktails. So when you wake up in the morning, adding extra, uh, like sea salt to your water. So like one way to do it, you can make your own. Um, uh, there's a company that makes like a powder where they kind of come put all this together. They put uh, vitamin C, which comes from, uh, amla berry. It's a whole food, or maybe it's a different berry. Now that I'm thinking about it, it might be a different one. Um, but it has a whole food source, vitamin C, it has potassium, and then it has Redmond's real sea salt in there. And it's great. You just add it to some water, but I find that giving your body the raw materials that it needs so that it can create that balance then the energy starts to come back. So first thing in the morning, doing an adrenal cocktail. Now you can make this on your own and use a little bit of orange juice, or uh, you can use a little bit of coconut water, things that are high in potassium, and then adding that sea salt. Sea salt so, so important and nourishing for the adrenals. Mm -hmm. So that to me is, is a, a, a little bit more of a specific approach to helping with the fatigue aspect, instead of just trying to put a bandaid of adaptogens like ashwagandha or holy basil. Like those are all great, but they're not, they're, they're trying to help you modulate stress, but they're not actually giving you the stuff that you're depleted of, you know, to get your energy levels back up. And like I said, I know caffeine, I know coffee, caffeine and coffee are not synonymous that they, 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 you know, they're very much related because there is a caffeine component to most coffee, but coffee, having caffeinated beverages in the morning is probably one of the worst things you can do if you're a fatigue person that experiences a lot of fatigue and circadian rhythm too. I mean, that's huge. Like it, people experience fatigue all the time because, you know, their circadian balance is just way out of whack. You know, they're going to bed late or they're up all night long. And so their bodies just don't have this ebb and flow of melatonin and then cortisol. It's like cortisol is just kind of flat all day. Then they don't really produce a lot of melatonin. Like you got to think of it like a little pendulum. You want a swing in one direction and then you want to swing in the other direction. You want cortisol to be high in the morning. And then as the cortisol starts to fall, you want to kick that melatonin way up so that you can get in those deep patterns of healing sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love how you, um, make that yourself, like all the electrolytes. I mean, yes. ev everyone's got an electrolyte imbalance, especially if you're a person that wakes up and goes and works out, right? Like think about how much magnesium is depleted and potassium is depleted when you work out and, and people are so afraid of sodium and salt. And you're like, sugar. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I can't believe we run a lot of hair tissue, mineral analysis, um, tests on people. And I mean, 
almost everybody has very low patterns of potassium and sodium and their magnesium's off the chart because they're losing magnesium. So their magnesium is actually really, really low. I mean, we know the majority of the population is magnesium deficient. And, and I feel like, you know, the minerals are the spark plugs. Like that is so baseline. So, you know, there's two components. You've got your gut, which is going to be able to absorb and utilize these nutrients. And then you actually have are you getting them? Are you exposed to them? You know, you've got to have a good, strong gut so you can actually absorb these minerals and put them to use, but you've also got to make sure that you're getting them. And a lot of our food is really depleted of essential, you know, trace minerals and nutrients as it is. So if you're not kind of adding things in, you're probably in a pattern of deficits when it comes to minerals. I mean, almost everybody that I've seen has been, and generally we're working with people with a lot of symptoms. So um, you know, that, that would make sense, but I would say definitely look at minerals, even adding some trace mineral drops, like get some really good filtered water, add some minerals, add a pinch of sea salt. I always do that in the morning. If I'm not making a full adrenal cocktail, which you can look those up, or, um, I think I have a post about it on Instagram. And then there is a, there is a, um, product by jigsaw that makes an adrenal cocktail. And I personally, it's easy to do it because it's already, it's just in a powder. I do it every single morning because I spent years where my adrenals were just completely like bottom of the barrel taxed. So if you're, if you're a tired person, (laughs) give your, give your adrenals some love and load up on that sodium, potassium and magnesium. Yeah. I love that because you know, it, and it's, it's easy. Like you said, you could buy a powder, spend a little bit more money, or you could make these yourself or, you know, relatively cheaper instead of going and getting some kind of adrenal supplement that you're going to pay an arm and a leg for, and probably just be consuming something like glandulars or whatever. But as you're saying, if you don't have the raw materials, your body's not going to function properly. And it bleeds right into your thyroid, you know, because we see a lot of people that have low thyroid output. And a lot of times it's because you're missing a lot of the minerals. Mm -hmm. So you'll see, you know, thyroid, respond really, really well. When we start taking care of the adrenal glands, we start getting our mineral status in balance. We start absorbing magnesium instead of losing magnesium. All of a sudden now the thyroid's producing more hormone, converting more hormone, the liver's detoxifying better. Um, the gut is a little bit more intact. We don't see leaky gut as often. So mineral status is really, really important. Um, I would say it's probably one of the most basic foundational pieces to our health, but oftentimes it's, it, it's not easy to always interpret and understand. And so it just kind of gets glossed over in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You touched a little bit about, um, gut health. And I know this is a huge topic. I also want to get to lab testing, but can you touch a little bit on gut health and some of the ways to optimize it, whether that's lifestyle or supplementation? Gut health is, I mean, it's really everything. And there's so many different theories and ways to heal your gut and use gut nourishing foods to heal the gut lining and get over food sensitivities and autoimmunity and all of these things. And I think that the best way for someone to go about healing their gut, honestly, is to just do an evaluation of what it is that you have going on. Like, what are you eating every single day? You know, what, how are you preparing your foods? 
your gut has the ability to heal. It's so incredible in the way that the gut lining can be repaired and, and be restored. It's generally not ever a food problem. So if you think about it, if you have a number of sensitivities, if you're just somebody's like, I bloat all the time, I feel awful. You've got probably this constant level of inflammation that's driving dysbiosis, bacterial overgrowth, maybe it's SIBO, all kinds of infections. So you've got to address possible pathogens. That's one piece of it. And then you also have to address, you know, the actual framework of your gut. How leaky is your gut lining? You know, is that epithelial lining? Do you have tears in, in that cheesecloth of, you know, your lining of your gut. And if you do, then you need to start incorporating foods that your body's not reactive to. So I do utilize a lot of the MRT, uh, food sensitivity tests, because I find it very, very helpful to just at least say, okay, we've got 26 foods that, you know, you're showing a high level of reactivity to, and part of healing your gut is removing the things that we know are triggering to your immune system. We need the immune system to re-regulate and calm down. You can do elimination diets without doing a food sensitivity test. And that's totally fine. The only issue with that is that it can be very restrictive for a lot of people and create even more stress. And the last thing we want to do is stress somebody out when we're trying to heal their gut, because stress is going to continue to tear their gut to pieces. (laughs) And the more stress you have, the more of this hostile environment that is very conducive for pathogens and parasites to grow in. They love that. They love the stress. So there's so many different elements. I would say for me, it's been a real journey. I've had to pivot and make a lot of changes. So if you find like one guide to heal your gut and you do it and you feel like I got nowhere with that, that challenge or, or that protocol, that's okay. It doesn't mean that it's bad. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It just means that we might be missing out on something that is potentially a bigger weak link. So Mm -hmm. if you just think about the body, like a chain of all these things, you've got to find the weakest link in the chain and you've got to address that and support that first, because all of the adjacent links will be compromised to some degree, but if we don't get the one that's the biggest problem, the biggest gap, then it's, it's not even worth going through getting all the other small things. Those will all heal if we can address the biggest problem. So it may be that, you know, you're eating something every day that's inflaming you. So just try a removal process of changing some things up, do them one at a time. Don't like flip the script overnight and be like, well, I eat bananas and smoothies and all this stuff. I'm not eating any of it. Like you're, you won't really know what you're reactive to, honestly. So if you start pulling things out, it's a lot of trial and error. And if, if, if you can do the MRT, I find that that kind of speeds the process up and also really becomes very revealing, like what exactly you need to eliminate and what you can be incorporating because we want you to have exposure to nutrients. So by eliminating everything, now we're restricting nutrients and that's going to have an impact on your energy level because you're not getting the vitamins and minerals that you need to make energy. So, I mean, gut health. Yeah, that's, it's, it's so, there's so much that's involved there, but it doesn't have to be complicated. I guess that's probably the best way to put it. It really doesn't just do your best with your food choices know that if you're having refined oils and, and if you're eating your food fast, I mean, just the way that you consume your meals can have an impact on how well your gut stays intact. 
So if you're just slamming food down on the fly in the car, yeah, you're probably going to have pretty poor digestion. If you can't digest food well, without getting really bloated, do not eat a lot of raw foods. It is really hard for your body to break those foods down. I mean, if you look at like raw carrots, I mean, you got to use a sharp knife to be cutting into that stuff. When it gets, even after you chew it, when it gets into your stomach, it is a very difficult food. It requires a lot of energy. And for somebody that maybe has fatigue and has autoimmune disease or or something else going on, the last thing you want to do is require more energy in your gut. Like you, you want to make it as easy as possible. So have things that are soft, cooked, that are malleable, easy to digest. So I even recommend like a lot of soups and stews, or you could do scrambles, um, smoothies are great. So you don't have to have everything in liquid form because I like to chew my food too, but it can be really helpful because it takes some of that digestive work off of the plate and allows you to absorb the nutrients a little bit better. Oh, I love how you said this, this podcast episode is so good. Everything you said, (laughs) just like, Oh, you're so right. Um, you know, and a lot of people think, Oh, I just need to eat salads for every single meal, every single day to be healthy. And, and you really don't. Right. And if you're worried about digestive enzymes, you know, from raw vegetables and, and produce, like take a digestive enzyme. If you're eating a bunch of cooked food for that week, cause you need to give your stomach a break. Exactly. I was the same way. I would have this big salad every day for lunch. I was like, Oh, there's so many colors and all these great ingredients, but my stomach, I mean, it was clockwork after 45 minutes. I even could, I could take all the hydrochloric acid and enzymes and all this stuff. It didn't matter. I mean, it was so much and it was so hard and my gut was so compromised it was terrible. And I just took the salads out and I would make everything into these like bowls and mashes. And they were very flavorful, but they were just soft. I mean, they were just easy to eat and it made all the difference in the world. You can mm-hmm. still get, you, you do not need to have a giant plate of leafy greens to get enough nutrients. Trust me, your phytonutrients are great. Greens are great, but for somebody that's healing, it can be very, very hard to digest. So stay away from some of those. If, if you're doing a lot of that and you feel like your digestion is not that great, it's probably a good idea to shift gears and just try a different approach. You can get great nutrients from cooking things in broth and making them into a soup. You might lose some of the vitamins and minerals in the cooking process, but trust me, you're not getting them anyway when you're eating a raw salad, because you're probably super inflamed and you know, you might be constipated or maybe you have diarrhea. I don't know. It, it can go it can go both ways. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I can yeah, totally agree. Yeah. What, a, um, I thought of a question back at the fatigue section. What would you suggest as an alternative to coffee? Okay. So, um, I just started using something recently and I'm, I haven't even posted about it yet because I'm trying to get all my ducks in a row so that people can access it. Um, because I hadn't heard of it before. And it was a, a friend of mine that's also in the wellness space and she's incredibly knowledgeable and she pointed it out to me and I love it. Um, but it's a, a combination of coffee, but, Um, it it's blended with a type of mushroom. And I'm telling you, I've tried all the mushroom coffees. I've tried four Sigmatic. I've tried like 
anything that anybody comes up with, it's like a mushroom type coffee. I've tried it. And I'm like this, I'm a coffee snob because I drink coffee black. And so the taste to me, it's just gotta be on point. And this stuff is phenomenal. I could drink mm-hmm. it at five o'clock at night and go right to bed. I don't ever feel jitter. I could have it on an empty stomach. I can have it with a meal. I could drink it three times a day, but it has a really high level of antioxidants. It's tested for mycotoxins, which is a big problem for a lot of, um, and, you know, coffee, mushrooms, anything like mycotoxicity. Um, we see across the board in a lot of even just dry foods. Um, but it's tested for pesticides and herbicides that can also be a big problem. So it's called King coffee and I'll, I'll probably, I'll, post about it. By the time this airs, we'll probably have it up so you can go over to my Instagram and I'll have a link for it, but it's phenomenal. I I honestly, all of my clients, I'm really excited to be sharing it with them because I've had a hard time giving my fellow coffee lovers something that I felt like I would actually consume in place of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have like, like, I don't know if you have this in the States was called dandy blend. And it's a, a mixture yes. of like dandelion and, and you're like, this isn't yeah. coffee. <laughs> I know. I know. I need to send you some of this stuff if you're not already using it because it has like changed my world because I honestly, I love the taste of it. it I'm it super interested. Eat- oh, I'm, I, I'm going to send it. I'm going to send you some because I actually <laughs> used my last one this morning. And I was like, I need to get the tracking number on my on my new shipment of this stuff because I need to know where it is. Yeah. I don't like, I've never heard of it. I don't know if they have it in Canada. So I would be. They do. They're like all over the world. So, but yeah, they're certified organic. Like I said, they do a very, very high level of testing on their products to make sure that they're incredibly clean. And the, the mushroom is called Ganoderma that they Mm -hmm. use in there is very therapeutic. So Mm -hmm. anybody that's compromised, like gut you know, issues, any, anything that's driving stress, like it's very, very healing to the nervous system. So into the gut. So to me, it's like, it checks all the boxes because it actually tastes good and it's really therapeutic. Um, and so for, uh, you know, a lot of people as a replacement, it just, it's perfect. It really is. I went into it and I was like, there's no way I'm not going to like it. And I had one, I was like, okay, that was actually not so bad. I'll try it again. (laughs) And now I'm like, I should be like the poster child. (laughs) I'm so excited for that. Cause I like, I've had a sneaking suspicion with coffee myself and my husband, he's British and like Brits either. I mean, like they go hardcore, like the Italians for their coffees got like the espresso machine. Uh, but like I tried cutting it out and then I just went back, but I actually think like it's a big culprit for me. Yep. Yep. It is for me too. I can always tell, I mean, it just drives more of that stress, that cortisol and adrenaline. And I, from my past history of overdoing workouts and running on stress hormones all the time, like I tend to be more just dominant in overall adrenal activity and it can just dismantle my hormones like overnight Mm -hmm. and everything. I mean, your digestion suffers, Um, and, and honestly, like I've, I've had so many infections, gut infections that it can very much, you know, leave me more compromised to that re-inoculation of parasites and, and imbalance and dysbiosis. So 
it is nice. You know, you, you, you've got to know kind of your kryptonite, like what is it that's going to push you over the edge a little bit here and there is probably okay. But having it, you know, every day, multiple times a day, when you're trying to recover from adrenal insufficiency, you know, it's probably going to be more of a barrier than it is any, any sort of help, you know, despite any health claims that coffee has. Yeah, totally. And if you're using a product like you, like you mentioned, then that could be like a really easy transition away from, from your typical coffee as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's no way I was just going to like stop drinking coffee in the morning. So I'm like, unless I find something that I like (laughs) to replace it, there's no way. I mean, I'd rather just, you know, take me out back to the barn and just let me go because I have no, no point in living anymore. Let's get to, um, the last topic I wanted to chat with you about, because this is also something that you specialize in and it's lab testing. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what your favorite labs are and something, um, you know, labs for gut health labs for hormone health and just kind of some of your favorite labs. Okay. Well, I am a recovering lab addict because (laughs) I went down the rabbit trail of testing everything. And I just loved seeing all of the data on my body. I just, you know, it's like tangible. Um, but for anybody that, you know, can get really dogmatic, like you could just get hung up on a piece of paper. It can, it can be a real problem because, you know, our bodies are always changing and there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are influencing, you know, the overall output and expression of our health. So that being said, I think some of the best functional tests, you know, hands down the MRT food sensitivity test, there's a lot of food sensitivity tests that I don't think are that accurate. Um, or they're just measuring like one immune compound, like IG, I sec or, uh, IgG tests, which are really the most common. Like if you do a Google search, that's really what you're going to come up with. Um, but the MRT measures a lot of different inflammatory cytokines and chemicals. Um, and so that gives you a more comprehensive picture of what your immune system is doing. Is it, is it reacting poorly or is it reacting normally? Because you're always producing these antibodies, you know, in, in the presence of different foods. So that one can be really helpful because the biggest question mark, every client, and even for myself, every, everybody wants to know, like, what do I eat? Like that's the one thing that you you're doing every day that you have control over. So in order to get people some freedom, so they don't feel like they're so handcuffed to like this massive list of things that they can't touch doing the MRT can be very easy. It's like green, yellow, red. I mean, it's color coded. It's very easy to interpret. You can have somebody like myself or one of our um, coaches that works on my team go through it in more detail with you. But honestly, you get the report, you'll see it's pretty visually intuitive um, in terms of just the results. So that one's one of my favorites. The Dutch test is a great panel for hormones. Honestly, I like it more for the adrenal picture than anything, because that really shows you the climate of your body. You know, are you stressed? Has your body gotten to that point where it's more compromised and it's just not going to produce all these hormones because it's just downregulated every system that is involved in making hormone. Mm -hmm. So I think that the adrenal page of the Dutch test is really important. And that's, what's cool. If you've never, if, if you're like, I don't even know what a Dutch test is, it, it tests, tests, a full spectrum of hormones. So 
your sex hormones, it tests adrenals. So you're looking at cortisol, total metabolized cortisol, um, cortisone as compared to cortisol. And then you also get some neurotransmitters. So looking at oxidative, total oxidative stress, um, and then looking at several other markers that can kind of indicate how well you're detoxifying hormone, like how well you can metabolize and move it through the body. So it's a very, very thorough test. And, um, I think it could be helpful for a lot of men and women that have just have a lot of question marks, you know, why am I not having a cycle or why do I have skin outbreaks for, you know, 10 days out of the month? Like maybe you're more androgenic and there's a lot of herbs and things we can do to help, help your body, um, detoxify a little bit better. So, so that's one of my favorites for sure. And then I'd say the other one is the hair tissue mineral analysis, because I love looking at mineral patterns. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, like I said, in the beginning, like it's such a miss a lot of times, I think it's because it's a hair test. There's not, I mean, it's pretty simple to do. The report can be a little confusing because high doesn't necessarily mean a high level in the body and low doesn't mean low, but you can look at these ratios of minerals to get system uh, to get a picture of kind of the overall function of a system. So you can get a picture of kind of how well your blood sugar is and how well your adrenals and your thyroid look based off of mineral ratios. You can look at them individually as well, and that can be helpful. And you can also look at heavy metal patterns because heavy metals can be a huge, huge issue. If you're just somebody that's tried everything, you may have some heavy metals that are creating a major, major disturbance to your metabolism. Mm -hmm. So that portion of the test is also really revealing as well. And that's a pretty affordable test to do. Um, And like I said, it's a hair sample. So the Dutch test is a urine sample. So that's easy to do from home. The, uh, um, hair tissue mineral analysis is a hair sample. So you just send that in, take the sample from home. And then the MRT is actually a blood draw. So that one's a little bit different. Um, and I'm not sure if they do, I mean, I'm sure they do it in Canada. I'm not sure how the, the blood, uh, I know we have like restrictions for certain States that won't allow blood samples to be mailed, but we run it a lot. I run it in a lot of, um, places in the U S so. Yeah. That was going to be my question for, the Canadian listeners, do you have clients or that you coach from Canada? Yeah. Yeah, we do. We've had a number of clients in Canada. So, um, some of the testing, you know, we have to just make sure that the, the shipping policies that we don't have any issues with most of our labs. Um, I would say the MRT is the only one, um, because it ha- it is an overnight of a blood draw and we do have some restrictions within the States. And I'm not totally, I don't remember off the top of my head what some of the restrictions are in Canada on that, but we do, I've got a couple of girls that work with me and they're phenomenal. They're FDNs as well, or IIN, and they really help with our clients and really working them through the best labs, because that can be, like I said, it can be overwhelming and you don't need all the tests. And maybe you don't need any of those tests, but you need an organic acids test or, you know, something else. But when we get a little bit more context around what your symptoms are and what your health history has been, we can make those recommendations so that you're investing in the right lab. Mm, mm, mm. Love that. I could just talk to you for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I could <laughs> <But> too. <laughs> this is fun. I always like to end the podcast with some fun questions. So right. because, well, it's going to be perfect because your background is nutrition. My background's nutrition. Lots of them are going to be about nutrition. All right. 
So if you were stranded on a desert island and could only pick one food to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh gosh. Honestly, it would it'd probably be like coconuts or something because I am obsessed with all things coconut. I do coconut water every day. I do coconut manna every day. Yes. <laughs> I could probably live on coconut. So as long as there were some good coconut trees, then I could, I could be primitive enough to survive. On it, I think, I think you could survive off coconut as well. I know. Right. I think oh, yeah. you probably could. I coconut mean, I would eat coffee yeah. at some point. <laughs> I think my mental status would come in question after a few days, but you know, that's okay. What's the best meal you've ever eaten? Oh man. Well, so I I live in Charleston, South Carolina, and we're like a big foodie town and we have a place called 167 raw and they make these tuna burgers that are like, unlike anything I've ever had ever. Um, and we, they fish the tuna right off a couple hundred miles offshore, but, um, it comes in fresh and it's probably like one of the best meals I think I've ever had. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah, it's it's good. We we have a lot of good southern foods here, but I will mm. say like the fresh seafood is is really good. Mm, yeah, it's something we don't get in Calgary. I'm well, I'm originally from a place called Saskatchewan, but it's like prairies. So you do get some lakes for sure, but yeah, like yeah. Calgary, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the fish is not fresh. Comes in frozen. It it you know it yeah. still has it's still good. Yeah. What is your least favorite food? Oh man. Honestly, like I just love food so much. I don't know what I (laughs) really dislike. I'm not a big, well, I don't eat corn, but I'm really not a fan of corn. Like I just don't, I don't like popcorn. I don't like regular corn. It's just, it doesn't really do much for me. Okay. Yeah. No corn. What is your favorite restaurant? Would it be the one that you just mentioned? Oh yeah, that one. Or, um, we have another restaurant here called the ordinary and it's, it's really good. They do a lot of great oysters. And I asked one time for them to make a modification and the chef came out and told me that I would either have to leave or order something different because he was so convinced that his dish was perfect. And he was like, I will not. I thought it was a joke because he came out and he was like, no. And I, I kind of like laughed and I was like, okay. He's like, no, I, I mean, literally I will not make this food for you unless it's exactly as I have it on the menu. I'm like, okay, but it is that good. Like it's these chefs take their jobs so seriously because it's like a work of art. It is. So there, it, it was very good. I just left it. I was like, okay, I'll take the breadcrumbs. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. The gluten has no impact on my, my digestive system. <laughs> wow. I love that. What is your favorite travel destination that you've been to? Oh, I would say probably somewhere out West. Um, we go to Telluride a lot and I love Telluride. I love it in the summer. I love it in the winter. So it's definitely, it's, 
in the mountains of Colorado, but it's probably one of my favorite places to visit. Cool. What are some of your favorite books? Oh man, (laughs) I'm not a big reader. It's actually terrible. I honestly listen to a lot. I think it's just because I'm just always busy and running around with kids and everything else. So sitting down to read a book, it's like, it's code for somebody yell mom, (laughs) (laughs) but I really like, um, Sean Stevenson released a book called sleep smarter. And that one I really liked because sleep is one of those areas that we don't probably prioritize enough. Um, and we kind of compromise a little bit on, and it really, you know, it manifests in our health and how we feel during the day. So that's a great book. Um, there's a number of other ones though. I love, um, uh, gosh, I'm going to blank on her name right now. Yep. I can't remember the name of her. Um, I can see the title. Oh, Allie Miller. So Allie Miller has, um, uh, she's got a recipe book, but she has, um, another, it's called the anti-inflammatory diet book. And, um, and it's great. I mean, she gives, she's very technical. So some of the stuff she loses me on, but the foundational pieces of her book in understanding the mechanisms of the body are just so spot on. So that's, she's a great, she's, um, she's an RD she's based in Texas, but she does a lot of work online. So you could follow her or read her book. Um, Mm -hmm. but she's great too. Wonderful. And what is the happiest moment of your life? Oh, probably my kids, like just being able to be a mom is pretty cool. So there's a lot of highs, there's a lot of lows, but you know, cumulatively all together, it's, it's a real gift and blessing. So there's, there's a lot of moments that have been, you know, just pinnacles of my life, but I feel like they all kind of encompass in some aspect of me being a mom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you like to leave our listeners with in regard to their health? Oh, well, you know, honestly, like you have all of the pieces that you need to live really well. Like you, if you are breathing, you have breath in your lungs, like your body has the capacity to heal. So don't be discouraged or overwhelmed by all of the noise and the information. There's so much, I mean, it's everywhere. I get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I, I follow so many people and they're so much smarter than me. And I just, I'm like, gosh, I, I, what do I know? Like, I, I can't even help myself sometimes, but it's okay. Like life is not meant to be lived out perfectly. And your body doesn't need you to be perfect for it to thrive. And I think that sometimes we get so granular on everything that we think we've got to have this perfect formula and our days have to be so structured and perfect in every single habit, choice, and behavior And we miss, you know, the bigger aspect of life, which is really living out your purpose and, and feeling joy and knowing that you're doing exactly what you're called to. So if you're, you know, if you at all ever have those moments where you just feel like you want to give up or or you feel a little bit helpless, like that's okay. Like work through that, but you're going to come out and be in a position to help somebody else. And maybe it's just a family member. Like you don't need to have a career in health coaching or be a doctor, 
but it's going to give you perspective and it's going to give you something tangible that you can really, you know, help other people with. So, you know, just realize that it's a journey. We're all in it together. I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out, but I enjoy the process of making connections with people and really seeing and, and learning new things every single day that can empower me to be a little bit better. And that's, you know, that's really what it's all about. And so I hope that your listeners have gained even just one little thing, you know, you don't need everything. Not everything is for you. They say that in yoga all the time. And I always got really confused by it. I, you know, they'll say like, you know, take what you need and leave the rest. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I realized, you know, like that can really go, that can touch so many spheres of our life, like so many different areas. You don't need everything all the time. You don't need all the supplements. You don't need all the food. You know, you don't need all the therapies and practices. You don't need to do the sauna and the cold plunge and the acupuncture. And like, you don't need all of it. Yes. It's all great, but your body doesn't need it all. And it's just going to create more. There's not enough hours in the day to do it all. So just take what you need and leave the rest. Take what you need today, make yourself a little bit better and then start a new day tomorrow and take what you need. Sometimes you just need to be still. Sometimes you just need to do mm. nothing. And that's the best choice for you that day. And that's okay. That's the way you're supposed to do your health. It's supposed to be individual. You're supposed to show up for your body, not for your neighbor or your friend, like show up for you and do what's going to be fulfilling and fill your cup. That's where you find healing, true, true healing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. You should make that into a quote. You don't need to be perfect in order for your body to thrive. That is like, yeah. I've taken so much away just chatting with you. Oh. And I, yeah. You know, I know that our listeners are just going to get so much out of this. Where can people find you? Okay. So you can find me on Instagram on the gram all the time. <laughs> I should probably <laughs> take a break, uh, but I'm organic underscore blondie. So you can find me there. I also have a website, which has a lot of information about our coaching and my supplement line. Um, and that's organic Or if you just wanted to check out our supplement line, that's plantrx.com. So you can kind of go any of those avenues. If you find me on one platform, it'll probably loop you back to one of the other ones. So, um, yeah, but would love to connect with your listeners and I've been so excited to kind of share on this platform with you. So, like I said, I really hope that somebody feels empowered and encouraged today and motivated and just knows that, you know, there's other people that are doing the very same thing that they're doing, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. They're walking through the same things, even though you don't always get a picture of it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an honor and a blast to have you. Oh, thank you so much. This was so fun. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Stay tuned for future episodes and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Always remember, you are powerful over your health.